All right, we want to welcome you. This is part one in this brand new series that we've entitled, Where to Turn. We're talking about Psalms that light the way. So a few years ago, I got a very strange urge, okay? A little confession time right now. Um, I got this urge to actually bake cinnamon rolls. I wanted to bake cinnamon rolls. I thought, Cinnabon, they got nothing. I mean, I'm going big time. So I called my mom up, and, I, and after she picked herself up off the floor, she gave me my grandma's recipe that I remember as a kid, you know, enjoying these cinnamon rolls. And right now, I want you to know, I bake the most incredible cinnamon rolls you have ever tasted in your entire life. Prove it, huh? Okay. I figured you would go there. Maybe I will one of these days. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a computer problem? You know, where do you turn when you have a computer problem? Well, I turned to a guy named Jim, who's the IT expert at our church. He always seems to have the answer. You ever had like a, a home problem? Your toilet isn't flushing or whatever. Where do you turn when you have that problem? For me, I turn to my dad. Or I'll turn to like Steve Westron. If it's an electrical problem, I always turn to Rob Wright, who always seems to have the answer to electrical issues. Here's the principle I'm trying to get at. When you face a problem, when you face an issue, just a crisis, a confounding situation, it's nice to be able to turn to someone who has the answer. It's nice to turn to someone who has the solution to your problem even if it's a recipe for cinnamon rolls. Now, one of the great privileges I have in my life is just being a pastor. I love being a pastor. A lot of people meet me and they go, are you crazy? You're a, you, why would you want to be a pastor? I, you know, it's God's call in my life, but I love it. And, you know, uh, as your pastor, I see a lot. Um, and I just want to list for you some of the things that I've witnessed in your lives just over this last year, and now I'm not thinking about anyone in particular, these are just common things that I see people go through. Some of you have experienced the shock of being laid off. You never saw it coming. And all of a sudden, boom, the notice is given, the phone call is made, the email. Where do you turn when you've lost your job? How am I going to make ends meet? Some of you, you've experienced the pain of loneliness, rejection. I mean, you never saw it coming, and you, you felt like you were the only one that is dealing with this pain. You, you wonder, does anyone care? Does God even care about what I'm going through? Where do you turn when loneliness comes knocking? Others of you, you face the loss of a loved one. You still cannot believe that they are gone. I mean, it is still something that you wake up in the morning, it's your first thought, you're trying to adjust. Will I ever adjust? Where do you turn when a loved one has passed away? Some of you have struggled with deep uh, moments of depression. You, you, you don't even understand the depression yourself. Why do I feel this way? Where do you turn when depression strikes? Some of us, uh, we've gone through a great time of just confusion, bewilderment. We've asked God why. What's your purpose? Where do you turn when you're confused, when you're bewildered, when you're perplexed? So 
Some of us, we've found ourselves swayed by the world. We've got off course. We, we began to compromise our moral convictions. We never thought we would go there, but we just slipped into uh, a moment, and we, we feel like we're caught in a web of sin. Where do you turn when that's where you are at? And you know what I've noticed is that many of the things that you experience, all of us experience, I experience, and you know, when life comes crashing in on you, uh, one of the places that <laughs> I turn, it, when I experience these things, I go right to the middle of my Bible to a book called Psalms. And, and these Psalms have ministered to my soul over the years. And I love the book of Psalms because it, it's, this book of Psalms is written by real people about real issues, people who faced real problems in history and received real answers from a real God. And you know what's true about this year is none of us know what we're going to experience, let alone this year, even this day or this month. But God knows. He knows what you're going to encounter. And as a pastor, as your pastor, I'm concerned that, watch this, you know where to turn. You know where to turn when just life comes crashing in on you. And over the years, in my own life, when life has crashed down, I've turned to certain psalms. And I want to teach you the psalms that I've turned to. And not only the psalms I personally turned to, but when I minister to people, there's like 14 psalms that oftentimes I go to and I give the people and I walk them through these psalms based on the crisis that they find themselves in because life continues to happen. I guarantee at some point in your life you're going to face the 14 issues that these 14 psalms we're going to study are going to answer, you know, your, the issue that you will face there. I mean, where will you turn if you lose your job? If, if, if someone you know that is so close to you dies. If you get depressed, if you get confused, if you wonder, where is God in all my pain? God, do you care? If, 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 all these if things, where will you turn? I want to make sure, as your pastor who loves you, you know where to turn. And I want to suggest the book of Psalms is an amazing place to turn too. Now, we don't have time to study all 150 Psalms. But we are going to study 14 of them. Now, the book of Psalms, it's a long book, 150 chapters. Uh, and again, we can't study all those, but we are going to focus in on 14 that I believe will just be absolutely powerful and, and timely for your life so that you will know where to turn when these issues arise. Story is told about this uh, particular news reporter. And he's given this assignment uh, to film a, a, a forest fire that was in the wilderness. So he went down to this small airport, he paid the fare, he jumped into this two-seater Cessna plane, and he turned to the pilot and said, what are you waiting for? Let's go. So they took off. And when they got up about 2,000 feet, the pilot turned to the reporter and said, well, where are we going? And the reporter said, we're going to the fire. And the pilot responded, well, why are we going to the fire? And the reporter said, well, I'm a reporter. And the pilot replied in panic, you mean you're not my flight instructor? 
Where do you turn when the reality of your situation hits you smack in the face and you can't believe the moment you're in? There are 14 moments that will come to your life that we're going to be talking about in this series. I guarantee these 14 things are going to happen. Where are you going to turn when that happens? That's what this series is all about. You excited about it? So let's talk about this. Listen to these questions. Where do you turn when happiness eludes you? That's Psalm 1. Where do you turn when your world is falling apart? I mean literally crumbling before you. That's Psalm 2. Where do you turn when knowing God isn't that easy? Everyone around you seems like they're coming to know God. But you, it's such a struggle. Where do you turn? What are the secrets? That's Psalm 19. Where do you turn when you would give anything for comfort? You can barely go to sleep at night without crying. You need comfort. Where do you turn? That's Psalm 23. Where do you turn when fear paralyzes your life? It's like you can't even take one step forward because you are so afraid. You're petrified. That's Psalm 27. Where do you turn when your life just hurts? There is so much pain. That's Psalm 34. Where do you turn when depression blankets you like a cloud? You feel like just a cloud follows you everywhere. You can't even understand your life emotionally. You never dreamed you'd be in this much darkness. Is there a way out? Is there light? That's Psalm 42. Where do you turn when you've blown it big time with God? You never thought you would get so off course spiritually. You can't believe where you are right now. Is there a way out? Does God still love me? Psalm 51. Where do you turn when you get blindsided by betrayal? You never thought this person would turn their back on you. You never thought they'd pull the rug out underneath your feet. You never believed ever in your life they would turn on you like a Judas. That's Psalm 55. Where do you turn to avoid a spiritual slip? You, you sense you are on the precipice of just going in the wrong direction. You need strength. You are so close to making a decision you know is not wise, but you don't have the strength, it seems, to stay on the narrow road. That's Psalm 73. Where do you turn for a prayer life that works? It's like you feel just your communication with God, it's, it's just nowhere. You want to have this relationship with God. Everyone else, it seems, prays and loves their prayer. But, what, but you, where do you turn? Psalm 86. Where do you turn when your praise for God is shrinking? You thought your praise for God, your, your worship of Him would only grow since you came to know Christ. But actually, you seem to be shrinking in your, in your dimension of praise for Almighty God. Why? Psalm 103. Where do you turn when you've lost your way? You're just lost. You need direction and you don't know where to find it. That's Psalm 119. Where do you turn when your self-worth is vanishing? Your self-esteem is not growing. You're actually feeling worse about your life. You don't understand why. Are there answers? 
Yes, Psalm 139. So those are the 14 messages and the 14 titles of what we're going to be experiencing ahead. And I hope you're going to be with us. I want you to picture these Sundays like coming around a campfire. And that we're going to learn from these 14 psalms. And I believe that the Lord's going to show up. And He wants us to sit around the campfire and soak in this amazing truth for these issues. Now, before we move on, I want to give you the second half of the introduction. I want, first of all, you to just to talk about this at your tables. I want you to see how practical this is. These 14 messages. Which one would you like to hear right now? It's like if you could have... Mark, preach on one of these, and you hear God's counsel from one of these psalms on one of these issues, which would it be, and would you share why? I know that's a vulnerable question, but guess what? We're family here, and you can share a little bit of a window of which of these psalms and issues would most most be needed by you right now. Take a moment, talk about that at your tables, or if you're watching this in your small group, go for it, discuss that. Okay, all right, do me a favor, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and say, we're halfway through the introduction. Just say that to someone. There you go. So, what I want you to catch right now is this. Hopefully you got the main point of the first half of the introduction. In the weeks ahead, we're going to study 14 psalms, psalms that light the way, This is where you should turn when this issue happens. My prayer for you is that as a result of this series and this book that you have, when these issues happen in your future or even right now, you're going to know I can turn to this book and it will bring me to God's Word and I'm going to understand the principles that are there to help guide me through, to shed light on my path when these crisis issues happen. But not only for you is that you'll be able to take this, the Word of God, when someone at work or a neighbor or a friend or someone in your family is going through the same crisis, you'll be able to take the Psalms I use as a pastor for over 30 years and go to minister to that person the Word of God because these are crisis issues that happen in everyone's life all the time. Okay, that's the first half. You know where we're going. Now what I want to do, I want to give you the second half of the introduction. I need to introduce you to the amazing book of Psalms because the book as a whole is the context in which all of these individual 14 Psalms is revealed. And I want you to understand something about this amazing book, okay? So I want to give you right now 10 reasons why you should read and why we should study the book of Psalms and especially these 14 chapters or Psalms. 10 reasons why The book of Psalms is amazing. That's basically what we want to talk about now. Number one, the book of Psalms is the largest book in the Bible. Wow. 150 chapters. It's the largest book in the Bible. And it's located right in the middle of your Bible. And a little trivia, Psalm 117 is the middle chapter of the Bible's 1,189 total chapters. Now, God doesn't need a lot of information or a lot of space to say something important. But when God does take up a lot of space to say something, it is very important. This book is critical, very important for your life. And there's a reason why there are 150 Psalms. It's to get our attention, to 
understand and underscore why this book is in the Bible, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But it contains a vital message. And by the way, Psalms is not only the largest book in the Bible, it also contains the longest chapter. Does anyone know what chapter that is? Psalm 119. It has 176 verses, just that one psalm. We're going to study that psalm. The entire book of James has five chapters and only 108 verses. It is an awesome chapter, an awesome psalm. We're going to look at that. Number one, why should we study the book of Psalms? It is the largest book in the Bible for a reason. Second, the book of Psalms contains some of the most beautiful literature ever written. Wow, it is stunning. I mean, you ever struggled to put reality into words? You see this beautiful sunset. I mean, sometimes you just look at creation and you go, wow, what, what should you say when you see a beautiful sunset? How about Psalm 19, verses 1 to 2? The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. The, the Psalms are filled with this captivating, beautiful, perfectly fitting wording. I mean, what would you send, say to a friend who just received some terrible news? I mean, would you say, man, life sucks for you, bro. Or maybe you could go with something else and quote a Psalm 46, Psalm 46, verse 1. Hey, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. What would you say if you saw the Lord face to face? I mean, what would you say? How about Psalm 104, verse 1? Lord my God, you are great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The, the Psalms, they paint reality like nothing else or like no one else ever can or will. They are masterpieces, and there's nothing that compares to the Psalms. They're beautiful literature. Number three, the book of Psalms is the most loved book in the Bible. I'm not saying that, but believers have said that throughout all of Christian history. Of all the 66 books in the Bible, Psalms is the number one most loved book. It's loved by believers on every single continent of the world. Why? Because the Psalms, they minister to the soul, they comfort the heart, they refresh the mind, they inspire the spirit, they motivate your will, they build your inner person, they give you hope. They will become your best friends. As I shared with you earlier, when my world gets rocked, I, like many other Christians, I turn to the book of Psalms. Billy Graham said he reads... He used to read one proverb every day, but three psalms every day. If the book of Psalms is already not like one of your best friends, it's going to become that, I guarantee. Number four, the book of Psalms is the most widely quoted book in the Bible. Wow. Psalms is quoted more often in the New Testament than any other book. Jesus constantly quoted <laughs> from the Psalms. Matthew, Luke, John, Paul, Hebrews also quotes from the Psalms. Even in our contemporary culture today, entire Psalms or portions of Psalms are continually being quoted by either by Christians or even by the secular press. You can't go to a funeral without hearing from the Psalms. Uh, you hear Psalms at weddings, at graduations, they're on Hallmark cards. They're in textbooks for schools. They're at business seminars. They're especially in music. The Psalms are quoted in virtually every arena in life because 
they really address every aspect of life. They are prolific in, in, in the subject matter they address and describe. Fifth reason why Psalms, so good to study, to read. The book of Psalms contains some of the most profound poetry in the world. All of the Psalms, this will surprise some of you, all of them, all 150, are poems. Unlike most English poetry, which is based on rhyme and meter, Hebrew poetry is essentially characterized by logical parallelisms. It's different than our poetry. But Hebrew poetry is absolutely stunning and beautiful when you understand what's going on. Let me give you three key parallelisms that are found throughout the Psalms. There are more than this, but I'm just going to give you three of the most common. First of all, you have synonymous parallelism. This is where the thought of the first line that you read is restated with similar concepts in the second line, and sometime even in the preceding verses. For example, like Psalm chapter 2, verse 1, why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? Look at chapter 2, verse 2. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord. It's just a synonymous way of stating the same thing with a little bit different wording. And that this is poetry. And the psalmist is doing this on purpose to make a point strong. There's antithetic parallelism. This is where the thought of the second line is contrasted with that of the first. Uh, this is purposeful in the authors of Scripture. For example, Psalm chapter 1, verse 6. Listen to the antithesis that is here. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but then watch the contrast. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is a, a, it's an exclamation point. It's a way to make a powerful point. There's also climactic uh, parallelisms. Uh, this is where the second and any subsequent lines amplify in a stair-step fashion the word in the first line. So this is very common in the Psalms. Look at Psalm 29, verse 1 to 2 as an example. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. And then he's going to build on it. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. You can just sense this building. This is part of Hebrew poetry, and it's beautiful. Some Psalms also, in their poetry, employ an acrostic or an alphabetical arrangement. And this is very profound. Uh, for example, Psalm 119 is the most uh, popular uh, acrostic psalm. The Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet, it contains 22 different letters. Psalm 119 is composed of 22 different sections or stanzas, if, if, you, if you've ever looked at it. And each section contains eight lines. All eight lines of the first section start with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. And then all eight, eight lines in the second section start with the second letter in the Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet, Beth, until all the 22 letters are exhausted. I mean, this psalm is an absolute masterpiece in Hebrew poetry. The problem is, as some of you are feeling right now, uh, unless you know Hebrew, you miss out on all of this, but all of you know Hebrew, so it's not a problem. And for those of you who your Hebrew is a little bit rusty, as we go through these 14 psalms, I'm going to point out some of the Hebrew poetry and Hebrew words that will just really blow you away as we get into these psalms. Let me give a sixth reason why. 
Psalms is just amazing to study. Uh, The book of Psalms contains some of the most profound poetry put to music in the world. This is what you need to understand about the Psalms. They're just not poetry. They're poetry put to music. Now, question, what is a psalm anyway? I'm going to get a little technical here, but the term psalms that we, you know, we say turn to the book of Psalms. The term psalms is our English, in our English Bible comes from the Greek word psalmoi, which comes from the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. Just try to hang in there. The word psalmoi from which we get psalms, literally refers to the collection of 150 sacred songs of poetry sung to musical accompaniment. So, to put it simply, the psalms are Hebrew poems that were sung to the accompaniment of musical instruments. They're poetry put to music. That's why throughout the psalms you have statements like Psalm 150, verse 3. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. You have musical instruments that would accompany often, or you could sing them in a cappella, the psalms as they are originally written and sung and that sort of thing. So the book of Psalms was originally used, watch this, in the temple, in the tabernacle. It was used in the schoolroom, in the home. It was the hymn book for Israel. Wow. What our hymn book is for us today, and we don't have a lot of hymn books, they're all on PowerPoint now, but you know the hymn books. So what our hymn books were for us, the book of Psalms was for the people of Israel for, watch this, 1,500 years, even into the first century A.D. The Psalms were a regular part of the worship service for the early church. Even today, we will quote verbatim, and we will sing some of the psalms today, like Psalm 5, give, ears to my, uh, give ear to my words, O Lord. And I won't sing it, because I don't want to ruin that psalm for you. But even today, we sing some of those psalms. So the, the psalms are Hebrew poetry put to music. You can think of it this way. The, the, the book of Psalms was and Israel's top 150 greatest hits. There you go, Casey Kasem, you know, I mean, going for it. Some of you remember that name. That name just kind of came to me. Some of you are going, who is that? Look it up on the internet. One person has said this, if you really want to understand a culture, you need to study their music. And what does our music today reveal about our culture? Wow how depressed we are, how confused we are as a culture, how cynical, how hopeless, how angry we are. But the Psalms, wow, there's this incredible, clear perception of reality. They are so hopeful, even in the midst of pain that is beyond description, because these writers went through it as they penned these Psalms. But out of this, these Psalms comes so much light for our path and so much hope and oh how we need to return to the music and the message of the Psalms which we're going to do in this series. Let me give you a seventh reason why we're going to study this book. The book of Psalms was written by more than seven authors over a period of 900 years. That's pretty incredible. I mean one book 
written over a period of 900 years by seven human authors, at least. David wrote at least 75 of the 150 Psalms. The sons of Korah penned 10. Asaph contributed 12. Solomon wrote 2. Moses, Haman, and Ethan each wrote 1. The remaining 48 Psalms, they're anonymous in their human authorship, but no matter, God has divinely authored all of them. He inspired them all. The time range for the composition of the Psalms extends from Moses, starts with Moses, 1410 B.C., to the late 6th or early 5th century B.C. That's the post-exilic period. Psalm 126 pictures captives being brought back to Jerusalem. So we know that time frame includes all the way up to that point. So this would span about 900 years of Jewish history where these psalms were all written and then they were compiled in one book. So God's given us these 150 psalms written by more than seven authors over a period of 900 years. It's a pretty amazing book. It really is. Why were they written? I'm going to get to the theme in a second. But I love the reason the New Testament gives for why all of the Old Testament was given. Look at Romans 15, verse 4. Let's actually read this verse out loud. I think it's there on your outlines, right? For everything, it starts there. Here, let's do it. Ready? Here we go. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Isn't that great? Everything written in the past, this is the New Testament looking back on the Old Testament, was written so that through endurance, hanging in there, and the encouragement you're going to receive in the weeks ahead, you might have hope. Some of us feel without hope this morning. You may have come here, you're watching this on video, and you just feel, my situation is so hopeless, I don't even know if God can help me. Yes, God can help you. God wants to minister to your soul. He wants to just pour water into your soul and just refresh you and give you great insight. It's going to happen. These psalms, they are a treasure of God's Word preserved for us. Number eight reason why we want to study these psalms. The book of Psalms has a psalm for everyone. I don't know if you've ever, ever said to yourself, you know, nobody understands me. I'm the only one. You know, I, I, and I would say, there's times we feel that way, but you know what, if you feel that way, I don't know if you've ever read the Psalms, or maybe you've never read the right Psalm for what you're going through. There are several categories of Psalms that scholars have identified. There, there are more categories than I have time to mention right now, but I want to give you six categories of Psalms, because as you read through the Psalms, as you keep in mind these primary categories, it's just going to make this book make more sense to you. And then you can actually go to the Psalms that correspond to your emotional situation in the moment and kind of your circumstances. So I'm going to give you six categories. And then in a second, I want to ask you to talk at your tables about which of these six categories most corresponds to how you're feeling right now, what you're dealing with right now in your inner person. First of all, there are Psalms of lament. And these Psalms, the author actually reflects on how life is tough. That's like Psalm 3. These psalms directly address God. They petition God to defend and rescue us from difficult situations. Life is tough. That's a psalm of lament. Is that you? Then there are psalms of thanksgiving. These psalms say, God, you are good. You are good. Like Psalm 40. These psalms publicly acknowledge thanksgiving to God 
for what God has done and what he will do. Yeah, life can be tough, but God, you are good. And, and you're just expressing that to God. Then there are psalms of praise. And these, these psalms are like, God is awesome, like Psalm 8. And these psalms publicly praise God for who he is, and they boast about God's glory and greatness. They're, they're very magnanimous, and they're very moving, and they work to a crescendo of God's glory and greatness. And there are times in our lives we just feel that way. Then there are psalms of lordship that say God is sovereign, like Psalm 47. And these psalms describe and they declare God's sovereign reign over all. Even in the midst of these difficult situations, everyone at work is telling you to run from God, look at your situation, but you know deep in your heart, God is sovereign, you're in control. I can't see what your plan is right now, God, but you're in control. And you declare that to God. There are so many times, there are psalms, there's a whole category of psalms of his lordship, of his sovereign reign. Then there are psalms of confession. These are so personal, where you say, I am a sinner, but God, you forgive, like Psalm 51. These psalms deal with the enemy that's within, called sin and rebellion, and the heart of God, though, to forgive when we come to him in confession. Beautiful psalms of restoration, psalms of confession. Then there are psalms of wisdom. These are psalms where God shows the way forward, like Psalm 1. We don't know how to move forward at times, but then God reveals his insight and in how to move forward in a situation. You don't even know how to take the next step, and then boom, God reveals these psalms of wisdom and pr- that provide direction. Wow. So I, I'd like you to talk right now. I've been talking for a while, and I want to give you a break <laughs> from listening to me. What category of psalms, the six I just mentioned, do you most relate to right now? I mean, you know, just where are you at? Where's your heart? Uh, Which one most seems to identify? What category with the state of your heart right now? Take a moment and talk about that. Okay, let me give you the ninth reason why we're going to be studying these Psalms, and it's this. The book of Psalms has the most wonderful theme of all, which is the praise of God. Every book in the Bible has a theme. The theme for the book of Psalms is the praise of God. So, like Psalm 100 tells us uh, what the book of Psalms is all about. This is a great psalm. I'm just going to read it right now. Just listen to this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Notice, give thanks to him, praise his name. The book of Psalms encourages us, it inspires us, it teaches us to be praisers of sovereign God regardless of life's circumstances. I mean, don't you want to be a Christian who rises above the difficult circumstances in life and praises God no matter what. This book tells the way. One person said this, don't tell people your problems. 80% of people won't care. And the other 20% 
will think you deserve them. <laughs> think about that. The book of Psalms was written that you and I might become full-time, 24 hours a day, praisers, rejoicers in God no matter what, worshipers of God. What a wonderful theme. I don't know about you, but that's who I want to become. A worshiper, a praiser of God in the good and the bad and the up and the down. It does not matter. This is why the book of Psalms was given to light your way in 14 areas that want to just wipe your praise out. And for many Christians, it does for a season. But God in his grace will pick them up and bring them back to get their eyes on Jesus. I don't want you to be wiped out by these issues. I want to see you, whatever life comes, to praise God. Um, I had to tell a, a moment in my life that I... I look back on with shame, kind of just embarrassment that I would be so foolish, but I was only a freshman, and I'm at our, our, I grew up on the ranch on Crow Canyon Road, my dad left, and my dad said, Mark, you're, you're the man, and, uh, and so I, I, I'm into motorcycles, and I have my motorcycle, this Suzuki 125, and and I'm riding it all over the place. And I remember mom came out at the porch and she looked at me. And she goes, Mark, she goes, I think I can ride that motorcycle. And I said, sure, why not? So I, I still can, it's like this happened in slow motion. So she gets on this motorcycle, not even a helmet on her. Never been on a motorcycle before. And I remember... She just, you know, when you're in panic, you don't know what you're doing. She literally put on the gas, thinking, you know, trying to put, she didn't know. And she is speeding straight ahead, and I am running after her, and I see her heading right for a telephone pole, the only telephone pole we have on the ranch. She hits this pole, and I see her face collide with that telephone pole, and honestly, my heart, you can't imagine Every bone in her face was crushed, teeth, and I remember just absolutely breaking down. I was on my knees. What do I do? We called 911, and I remember my mom <laughs> with teeth falling out, singing Amazing Grace, praising God in that moment. Mom, I see you over there. What a praiser of God you've been my whole life. No matter what. This is a woman who loves the Psalms. Guess what? This year, some of you are going to hit that telephone pole. I want you to praise God no matter what. No matter what. The enemy will use everything to just take you away from God. Nothing can take your praise if his word is your foundation. This is why God has given us these psalms. Be with us here or watch online, you know. Take them in. This is why we're studying them, to be a full-time praiser of God no matter what. 
Tenth reason we're studying the Psalms. The book of Psalms is where to turn for God to change your life. How? Into a praiser of God rather than a complainer to man or woman. Psalm 119, 105 is the theme verse. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. When you think of the lamp that's talked about here, here's a biblical lamp that was used in the Old Testament. This is actually a first century lamp. They're made of clay. They're not big, and they would fill them with olive oil, and then you'd put a wick out here, and that would just provide enough light, literally if you held this in your hand, to just enough to take the next step. And this is what God's Word provides. This is what the Psalms provide. Enough light to move you forward to become a praiser of God no matter what comes your way. Where do you turn when happiness just eludes you? All your dreams have been crushed. You see so many people around you, it seems happy, but you and your spirit, where do you turn? God wants to shine light on that next Sunday when we study Psalm 1. I pray you'll be here at the campfire. I pray that you'll bring someone to this series. There are a lot of people that you know that really need this. Be light to them. Invite someone here. Amen? Amen. Are you excited? Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we, we thank you for being such a God that would place right in the center of our Bibles the book of Psalms. And what a joy it is for us to just reflect a little this morning on the beauty and wonder of this book. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that uh, these Psalms are there. They're neon signs. They're a lamp. They're a light revealing truth to us to move us forward, to give us insight and hope and direction, to be praisers of God in the midst of all of the circumstances in life that often is difficult. Your word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. And I pray, oh God, that today as well as in the future when we look at these psalms in particular, that you would really take this, your word, and light up our hearts and our paths that we might be the praisers of God that you've created us to be. And even right now, would you just call out to God? It's, maybe it's been a while since you've just really praised him. You know he's worthy, but it's hard. The Lord is speaking to you. What is he talking to you about with respect to you being his praiser? There could be a hundred different things. I'm not going to lead you in prayer, but... I'm going to let you talk to God before I, say, before I say amen on this theme. Take a moment, just 30 seconds, talk to God.